You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. What's up? It's Ethan the Peterson in our other studio with the co-host, Darian Brooks. Woo! Here we are, our last podcast in this season. Season one finale. It's a sad day. Yeah. But, but it's also a happy day. Yeah. A happy day for a few reasons. There's hope for the future of this podcast. Brainstorming, we're gonna come together and figure out other things. And tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yep. Well, not for you guys, but for us. As you listen to this, yeah, Thanksgiving was a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> for us, it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But one thing you always tell me is that like uh, a podcast usually dies around eight episodes or something like that, and we're on episode like twelve or thirteen right now. So we're excited. It's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. We made it past most startup podcasts. Yep. And we're only going to continue to come back stronger and better. And we're going to revamp it, see what we can do with these quick jab episodes that we're going to be producing. Yep. Should we talk about that a bit? Yeah, this is not the end. So Ethan's leaving for a long time. I'm leaving for three months to go overseas. Uh, Ethan's leaving for 10 months to go overseas. Um, But eventually we'll be back back here and we can do longer form episodes. But for the time being, we can't do such long episodes. We, we're not sure what the quality of the podcast is going to be from now for the next 10 months, just because we're not sure of the Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. We know there will definitely be weeks where we can't post. Um, but we're going to try to still put out an episode a week every Saturday, if we can. Um, me and Ethan will probably just be doing them over Google Hangouts, and they will probably be much shorter. And would, probably on YouTube. Yeah, so on YouTube, but also in, on the podcast form, like where you're yeah. listening to it right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Um, they will probably be between 20 to 45 minutes, just depending on how long we talk for, and it'll probably just be the main topic. So we're probably not going to talk about other stuff, just because we don't have as much time, especially when you're on outreach, you're very busy, and you hardly have any free time anyway. Um, we'll probably just be going over main topics that we want to put out. Yeah. Yeah, we came together and like sat down and by sit down and come together I mean I started a file and Derry started a file and then separately we added our, our things to the same file on Google Drive so when I say sit down I mean totally not sitting down together yeah internet we sat down on the internet we love technology but we realized we have probably six months worth of worth of topics we could cover and we yeah, want to cover so we have a lot of hope for the, the show and like where we want to go with it but Producing it, it's going to look different and hopefully more consumable for you, easier consume, easier to consume for you guys, and make it easier to listening on the way to work and wherever else you go. Yeah, we'll try to make the quality as good as it can be, and then we'll probably we'll try to get as good quality video as we can. It just depends because Wi-Fi is hard in Asia sometimes. Oh yeah, so it'll be tricky, but we're sticking through it. We're going to do it. We love it, and we want to bring value to you guys. So yep, it's all about that. Um, anyways, yeah, with Thanksgiving here, it's Wednesday for us, we're recording, we have our dinner tonight. Heck yeah. And we we celebrate Thanksgiving on Wednesday here at Wyoming, because everybody, or not everybody, a lot of people go home for Thanksgiving, so we have our parties usually not on, like, the day of, but, right. like, the day after. Or and then people before. call home on Thursdays, or... Yeah. Yeah, and then we have brunch on Thursday, and tomorrow we're gonna have football game started. Yep. That'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Super American. Yep. We finally get like a couple days off. It's amazing. Oh man. I need it. Taking the break off, going up to the north shore of the island for a camping trip. Yep. And we're just going to be... I haven't been camping in a long time. It's been like six months for me. I probably, last time I went camping was with you in Yosemite. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, been a lot that's of more than a year. Oh, that's way more. That's a like a year. And a, that's a solid year and a half. Yeah. And I don't know if that was even camping. We just went and slept, <laughs> slept <laughs> in the cold and then went back. <laughs> Had ministry till ten. Went to the campsite an PM, hour away. Ten p.m. Yeah, ten p.m. Went to the campsite. Did an I hour preach away. that night? Did Did you preach that night? Who preached? Um, I don't know who did. I feel like it was you or me. Anyways, Probably. we we spoke or and like did a youth like put a youth group on at this one uh, coffee shop. Yeah, and then Ethan drove us up and like way into the mountains of Yosemite, like place we'd back, never been. The back drive, like these potholes were probably like huge. It was I could have easily broken an axle. I think it's I think God physically held the vehicle together. Yeah, that thing was like most dinky old GMC van ever. It was wild. It was I don't know how that thing still runs, but it does. So hey, but we drove up into the mountains and then. We, at 10 o'clock, so we probably got there like 12 or something like that. Very late. Yeah. People were done. And yeah. like people were sitting around like all Camping was over. Eating. Yeah. People yeah. were like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm like, bro, we just got here. And <laughs> it's like low 40s. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm from Michigan living it in California. It was way below 40, dude. You think it was 30s? It oh. was like freezing. Oh, it was below 30s. It was not freezing. It was freezing. Definitely was not. Or it was the winter time in Yosemite. It was easily it below was 30 fall. degrees. I don't know what, well, I mean, my version of winter is like 20 or to negative 20. I know. And we're, at my house, it, like, average, I guess, is 30. It had to have been 30 or below that. I, yeah, maybe. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, w- in my mind, California is always hot because I'm from Michigan. Everyone in Michigan, unless maybe I'm wrong, but by and large, in Michigan, we think all of California is always hot all the time, like L.A. Right. And then I go to Northern California, and it's, like, close to freezing, and I'm in a hammock. Yep. With barely a sleeping bag, like freezing all night. Yep. I did not sleep that whole night. And if you don't know about like hammock camping and sleeping in a hammock, it gets really cold because you're suspended. So like the air or the, the heat doesn't get trapped under you from your body warmth. It just escapes. Yeah. And so your butt gets super cold. Your feet get super cold. Everything just gets super cold. You're just, it's like, oh, it's the worst. Like there's no way your, your heat stays. So I had a sleeping bag under me and uh, around me a little bit and then another blanket and I think another blanket, but mm-hmm. it was so bad. And then... Actually, no, I don't think I had my, my, my sleeping bag because I think I left it at home in Michigan that quarter. You should have a blanket? I think so. I had like two blankets. I was, I was you so mad. Died, dude. I was so mad. Ethan wasn't ready. <laughs> I was so angry. I wasn't ready. <laughs> no. I wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. <laughs> and then we woke up at 7 and we're like, you guys want to stay another night? And we're going to go climbing, but we don't have enough room. You want to go climbing? And I'm like, and sleep another night? I'm like, no, dude, I have no food. I have no climbing gear. I don't <laughs> climb. I didn't sleep. It's freezing. I'm going home. I'm going home, dude. It was oh. bad. Like, we just showed up at 12, slept for, like, five hours, and then drove home. <laughs> I laid for five <laughs> I was good. I brought, like, tons of blankets and a sleeping bag and, and all this crazy stuff. I was ready. I thought, yeah. California? And then they said, oh, put your stuff, your your food in the truck in case bears come. I was like, yo, bears? There's bears. Why, yeah. is there, why are we camping where there's bears? This is why we built houses. <laughs> To not get eaten by monsters. That's why I live in Hawaii. There's no bears. There's no snakes. Yeah. There's... Actually, what's going to hurt me when I camp? Liberals. Liberals and homeless people. Yeah. Get robbed. Yep. That's about it. Your feelings can hurt you. My feelings. Yeah. No, my feelings love me. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so all that to say, we failed at camping last year. You failed at camping last year. I failed at camping last year. But now we're back. Yep. Camping better because... And I know it's how to Hawaii. camp. Yeah, well, it's Hawaii one. We're camping in hammocks again, by the way. Yeah. But it's Hawaii, so it's, it's warm. Yeah. I'm and still bringing everything, though. Bring a tarp. Yeah, you don't want to get caught in the rain. I'm going to be behind the tree so the wind won't be a factor. But I know how to camp. Like, I've gone camping up north in Michigan 
and when it's like it's cold there too and it was rainy and cold and we started a fire in the mm. cold rain like I know how to camp it's not a problem yeah I was just mad that I had no choice and I had no food and I had no protection yeah alright I got a question for you because it's Thanksgiving what's your favorite like Thanksgiving tradition that you and your family have or did you th- celebrate Thanksgiving oh yeah Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday dude okay um I don't. We don't have like tradition. Usually, we go over to my grandpa's house, or they, my grandparents come over, and it's just like a chill day. But I love waking up late, not going to work, and I walk. I walk upstairs, and my mom's got biscuits and gravy made. She got hash browns, bro. She got like bacon, but turkey bacon because we're more healthy, and my parents mm. don't like pork. And then, oh, what else we got? We got pancakes. Like the whole spread. Wow. Whole spread. And then there's a special. Oh, that's probably a chip and dip. My mom's like makes a special chip or dip that I love and I've never had anywhere in my life. Wow. And I won't tell you what it is because I don't want anyone to know. Okay. But it's so good. And it's the most delicious thing in the world. And every holiday, I this is my favorite. It's like the fat it's like the first thing that's gone. Like my mom sets this out and like fifteen minutes later there's none of it left. And I'm like Cool. Dang it. And I haven't had that in like well, I had it last year because my mom I was home for the holidays. Nice. But bro, that dip that dip speaks to my soul. Wow. I love that. That's probably my favorite. That's probably it. And hang out with my family. We don't really play sports. We just usually hang out on the deck if it's warm outside. Mm-hmm. We'll watch football. The Lions play every Thanksgiving. So you better bet tomorrow, which is a couple days ago for you guys listening now. I'm waking up at 7 and watching the game at 7.30. <laughs> and then when the game's over, we're going to have brunch. And then we're going to go play football after that. And, it's, and then we're going to go camping. I have a whole great day planned nice. tomorrow. Exciting. So football, watching it, and the dip is probably... The two things are like, eat like the most, like Peterson, thing I can think of. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know what mine would be. Um, my grandma always makes this like pistachio salad thing, where it's not like a salad salad, but you know, like fruit salads. It's like that. Yummy, yummy. But, yeah, but it's just like a pistachio fruit salad. It's pretty good. I don't know. It's like the staple thing I always think about for Thanksgiving. We always go to my grandma's house in San Diego and celebrate with my family there. Heck yeah. Yeah, so that's fun. A lot of times my family will play uh, Texas Hold'em on the holidays. Oh, yeah? And it's really fun. Like, we we have a limit. Like, you only can buy in twice. The most you can lose is $60. Yeah. So it's not too bad. We put it, we, like, make sure we're not being ridiculous with it. Mm-hmm. But it is so much fun. We used to have, like, two tables of eight players each mm-hmm. going at the same time. And then when it went down to four and four, and we would just we're come together. We had, like, long, like, few-hour games. Wow. That's really fun. I love I love Texas Hold'em and all that kind of stuff. Love it, it's and so I, fun. and it's not very often that like, I would almost never be out in the first round. I yeah. usually like because once it got down to three people, it's like everyone's getting at least a hundred dollars when they leave. So mm-hmm. everyone's just like, "Bro, we've been playing for four hours. Just call the game. We'll split the money." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's fair. Whatever. Nice. So that's been my experience the last couple of years, and I love it. It's also not a sin. No, gambling's not a sin. We're gonna. T- I don't know if we talked about that. I think we have. We have. Yeah. Or we're gonna, but gambling's not a sin. You can't find it in the Bible. Yep. I don't know where this idea came from in our American Western culture. It's an addiction. It's a sin. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not being responsible. If you're addicted to chocolate, it's a sin. Yeah. Addiction's a sin, not gambling. Yeah. There it says like, don't look to get rich quick. There's the Bible verses about like making sure you're not in love with money and you're not trying to like get unprofitable gain or or or, or, or dishonest gain. That's what it is, and whatnot. But if you're just hanging out and having a good game going, it's, who cares? Yeah. Let's play Texas Hold'em with our staff fees right now, bro. Yeah. 
After I'm old. No, I'll do that. <laughs> so, I'm behind on my staffies. And then, dairy set for the next two, <laughs> two months. <laughs> what happened, guys? Uh, dairy one. You won't one. like it, but... <laughs> So, I know we should have talked about this last week, because Thanksgiving is this week, and you guys are going to hear this episode after Thanksgiving, but I know you wanted to talk about, like, some of the taboo-ness around Thanksgiving that's kind of happened in the last few years. Yeah. Growing up, I never knew that people had a problem with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, I always thought, like, this is the day I go to my family's house, and we have my mom's chip and dip, and we watch the lions, and it's always the greatest day of the year. And then... I get to be an adult and leave my small town in Detroit. Yeah. Both not and not small town. Detroit's not a small town. Yeah. I leave Detroit and my small town that I was My small in. town of Detroit. Yeah. And then I get out into the world and I find out everyone's like, or not everyone, quite a few people are talking about <laughs> Thanksgiving's racist, it's bad, you can't mm. do it. And I'm like, what just happened? Guys, we were all just being thankful and you got to ruin that too. Yeah. Like you, like I don't necessarily love Christmas too much, but that's okay. Or Easter too much, and that's okay. And Halloween we talked about. So, like, Thanksgiving is one of those days It's like, this is the one holiday I don't have a problem with. Let me have this. Mm-hmm. And then, like, New Year's is just, it's fine, but it's all, everyone knows it's just for partying. Yeah. And, like, same with St. Patrick's Day. So, all the other holidays are kind of just, like, are kind of just partying and, mm-hmm. and questionable history. And then I find out people got problems with Thanksgiving. I'm like, wait, this has questionable history too? Granted, sure, part of our American history is not great. Yeah, it's What's the word? Um, checkered. Yeah. We have a checkered past. But that's, like, every civilization... There's no nation that doesn't have a checkered past. Right, like, we're not uncommon. Yeah, it's not good what we what happened, but it's also not incredibly uncommon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're not making excuses. I think you wanted to explain a little more about, like, some of the myths and stuff like that. Yeah, so we're just going to have a conversation. We don't have all the facts. We don't have, like, the final say, and like obviously some it's just effects. Yeah, some effects. It's just opinion. Yeah. But we just want to talk about it because, man, who doesn't want to be thankful? Yeah. So let's just talk about it. So one fact. A lot fact, of people actually don't want to be thankful. Yeah, that must be a hard life to live. Like, yeah. must, must be a bummer to always have that attitude. Yeah. Um, one fact, or one myth, one thing people always say, is that um, Americans came over and massacred a peaceful Indian culture. Mm-hmm. Native American culture. It's 2019. I don't know what, they were, what the proper saying is. Yeah. But, yeah, the indigenous American people. And mind you guys, we have nothing against, like, Native Americans. Yeah, our best friend is Native. Yep. He's, like, as far as anyone's concerned, he's practically, like, 100% Cree Native American. Yeah. He's, yeah, so we're, we have, like, we have no problem with any, any yeah, but any people group ever. So, anyways, with that being said, we love Natives. We just want to clear up this history. About it, or like have a conversation about it from our perspective. Um, we should have had him in and talk about it. That would have been great. He We're idiots. <laughs> we have someone who can speak into it, but he's Canadian native, so it's like whatever. Didn't really happen to him. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. Just, just, just uh, don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anyone he's Canadian. They'll yeah. discredit him automatically. Yeah. He's Canadian. We don't want to listen to him. <laughs> All the Anyways, you're talking about how um, they were supposed to be peaceful, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I guess I never really thought about it too much but apparently people have this idea that Native Americans were like a super peaceful people group and like never had any problems and that's just historically inaccurate and that's okay to say because humans usually aren't like peaceful 
You know, you get a group of humans together and then another group of humans together and those yeah. two groups have differences. You're not going to, the result is not going to be peace because of the fall of man. Yep. So apparently all the tribes were always fighting with each other and all the groups were always fighting with each other. And then once Westerners came and they saw like, at least in like with the conquistadors and stuff in South America, they like, the the smaller tribes asked the settlers to come and like attack the stronger tribes because they were mm-hmm. being oppressed by the stronger tribes. Mm-hmm. Right. So they kind of wanted us to fight their battles in a way. And I, th- I guess we did in some aspects. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they also, like, scalped each other before we arrived. Right. And did terrible things like that. Yeah, I think it'd be foolish to assume that any people group is peaceful or was peaceful. There's never been, like, a peaceful people group right. that has existed. And that's not to say, like, Americans or, like, the people who settled here are justified in any killing that they did. And, like, they what's that one march, the... the the Trail of Tears or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Like, that, that's not acceptable. Like, it's not okay, but you also, like, then you could still be mad at every people group ever, including your own history. Yeah, so I think you want to explain a little bit more. You're not just saying, like, because they were not peaceful, like, it makes it okay for us to do whatever we want. That's not what you're saying. No, that's you not what I'm saying. You want to make a different about. point, right? Well, I, mean, I just wanted to shed information on, like, hey, like, you got like this wasn't like we didn't come over and just think oh we're gonna kill them all right it was like oh hey we're gonna try to actually like we'll figure out how to do this and then it they're like hey will you fight for us i guess we apparently were like sure and then we like right kept going back and forth and then and then it goes in the next thing that like oh americans like killed all the natives for Mm -hmm. fun and that's not true either right because of what they said like 95 percent of native americans were killed because of the disease yeah and like lower immune systems and like they, they just we had pro, like smallpox and things that they'd never dealt with so their bodies right. didn't know how to handle it right and they didn't know that they were going to like spread those things to the Native Americans so they didn't, they, were, they didn't know they were going to kill 95% of them when they didn't necessarily mean to yeah all in all so it wasn't this facetious like di- dis- like disgusting demonic let's go kill this whole people group and take over their land it was just right. hey we settled here because we want a place to practice our religious freedom and we don't want to be conformed to like Holland so mm-hmm. here we are what I learned about the uh, earlier uh, today when we were watching a video, we learned that like actually we weren't like fleeing to America for religious freedom. We already lived in with uh, the Dutch, right? Yeah. That and we already the the settlers already had religious freedom. They came here because they wanted like a Christian utopia. Like they wanted to just be able to not be like enamored by the the Dutch's like I guess unholiness or whatever. It was. Right. They didn't want to be uh, like enveloped or like. Uh, consumed by their like lose their Christian culture, right? So they're like we're gonna start this Christian utopia, which is which also wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely like, wrong. You can't find in the Bible, hey, leave everything and make a Christian utopia. That's literally should, do the opposite of that. Yeah, it's like the Bible's like, no, don't hide and like <laughs> separate. Go into the hardest and darkest places and love the people there. And preach the gospel. It's so funny. Like we even have that idea today, where so many of us just stay inside the church and we don't go out and like preach the gospel. We still have that mindset where we want to create like a a Christian utopia where there's no secular things around us. It's just like the Christian things and no one listens to bad music and no one watches anything bad. And no one gambles. The whole world just wants to do all this bad stuff and like, and I need to protect everybody from that kind of thing. It's just so funny. Like we're trying to create something that doesn't exist. And this is where, until Jesus comes back. This is where you get Christian cafes. You get like, well, Christian bookstores aren't necessarily terrible because if you want to find Christian books, that's just a, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get like, I don't know, like we've talked about, have we talked about like 
Christian like universities and high schools and Christian elementary schools. I don't think so. Oh, I have opinions about those. I don't know if we should be doing that. And it's just I have a lot of opinions on that. And it's like because yeah, we should talk about it soon. We should. Yeah. God never intended us to just build up like this is what we talk about with dominionism a little bit, where they think like we're supposed to take over the world for Christ and like create mm-hmm. Christian establishments and do all this stuff and bring heaven to earth so we have to have all these things Christianized. That's not necessarily what God meant by the kingdom of God. He meant, like, go preach the kingdom and show them the relationship with God you can have and that the people that make up the church are the kingdom. Right. Not the building themselves. Right. Like, that stuff doesn't matter. So, they were they had the wrong idea of creating God's will on earth. Yeah, the settlers. Yeah. I don't know where they got that from because you can't find that in the Bible. Except for when God brings heaven here and it's the end of the world. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. Well, he also <laughs> destroys this world, though. Yeah. So, eschatology would be a good thing to get into on the show. Yeah, it's real complicated. I, most people disagree with us. I have no idea where I stand. We probably also disagree with you. <laughs> I think we disagree with each other probably on. I don't. I don't. I haven't claimed an opinion, a solid opinion, mm. because two years ago, everything I thought I had thought I had a concrete understanding of Revelation, mm-hmm. and then I had a pass. I had a conversation with a pastor who was like forty years in the ministry and just mm. extensively intelligent, like yeah. Steve Gregg level, and he just. He just dismantled everything, and I was just like, nice. oh, I know nothing. So my, my eschatological theology, mm-hmm. that just sounded fun to say, has been um, fluid. Nice. So, I would say I'm a partial preterist, but let's go back to talking like, about I don't even know what that word means. The Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> there's four different views, or there's, there's more, but we can talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, so another myth that people like to talk about is like, we intentionally gave them diseases like smallpox. Yeah. Even though that was impossible because that stuff wasn't known. Yeah. Like, people didn't know that about bacteria at the, uh, at the time that the natives got killed by smallpox and disease. So it wasn't like we were intentionally re- like waging biological warfare. We were probably just actually trying to help them out. Like, oh, we'll trade you this and we'll give you some blankets to stay warm if you give us this. And they're like, okay, cool. And then... It just so happened that they didn't have the same immune system as us, and we accidentally gave them smallpox. Right. So it's really sad. Like, we had a lot of empathy. We just wanted to clear these up. Yeah. And then, like, another thing that's really big is that there was a ton of Native people at, like, the first Thanksgiving celebration. It was, like, 90 Natives and, like, 50... Yeah, and, like, 50 of the settlers that were still alive. Like, a lot of them had died during the winter. So it was a celebration. Like, they all contributed food, and they had, like, this big feast to celebrate... Like the mm-hmm. end of the winter and all this kind of stuff. So I think it was great. Yeah. That's not like uh, denoting all the terrible stuff that's happened since then and before that and all that kind of stuff. But just the fact of Thanksgiving and being thankful and like they came together as like a few different races and celebrated being thankful together. I think it's great. And yeah. I don't think that like that in itself is a form of racism or anything prejudice or anything like that. There were things like that were prejudiced and racist in like how we've related to and how we've killed lots of Native American people, um, but I don't think that was an instance of it. Right, and honestly, I love Thanksgiving because it has nothing to do with any religion. It's just, hey, come together with your community and just be grateful for what you have and everything you have been given in life, and just be like, just ponder that. Think, wow, my life isn't terrible. Yeah. You know, and it's just a time to pause and reflect. And as a Christian, it's a time to pause and reflect and just be like, man, God's been really good. Yeah. And I just love it so much. And it's a, it's just, I don't know, it's not too cold like Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. It's not too hectic. Like, I think Christmas gets hectic because everyone wants to Christmas shop. Thanksgiving's just like, bro, we got a lot of food. We're cooking all day. We're eating all night. Mm-hmm. And we're just hanging out. And there's yeah. no agenda but to be together. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's super cool. I'd love to incorporate that into a Sabbath one day with the community in the future. Like, mm-hmm. hey, every Saturday, we're going to hang out and cook together and eat and mm-hmm. love each other and God. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Freaking goodness. Cool. Wow. Oh, wow. I can't wait to eat today. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. We got like 13 chick or chickens, 13 <laughs> <laughs> turkeys in different ovens across campus, base, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Man. Also, in other news, we should have covered this a little bit ago, but Darren and I were behind on the times, The Mandalorian came out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's something I'm thankful for. It's a Star Wars show. Yeah. If you don't watch it, you can always nerd. for the Star Wars show. I mean, if you don't watch it, you've seen the memes. Yeah, you little Yoda. He's yeah. not. We don't know if he's Yoda yet, but let's be real. He's not Yoda. Dude. He can't be Yoda. It's impossible. He's Yoda. You said that he can recover. No, if he's been alive for 50 years, that means the other Yoda was alive while he was alive. I did not do that much research. I didn't either. I just did math. Well, when did Yoda die, and when does this take place? You don't know that. Yeah, dude. This takes place right after episode six. Right after? Yeah, Yoda Yoda dies in episode six. It could be right after, as in like 50 years after. No. And then he like reincarnated immediately. Oh. I don't think so. There's actually no way to know. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. Uh -uh. (laughs) Nope. All right. Anyways. Yeah, we watched that on Saturday. You guys should watch it. It's great. It's rated like PG, so anybody can watch it. It's just a great show. We binged it, and... Binge the three episodes that are out. For an hour and a half. Our friends are like, are we hanging out? We're like, yes. After watching After movie. Star Wars. <laughs> like, we want to hang out now. I was like, so so do it. We're just going to watch Star Wars. Gonna be, we're going to be in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to get to our main topic already? Sure. I think we can cover quite a... talk quite a bit about it. Yeah, let's do it. So today, we want to talk about some spooky relationships and... <laughs> some, <laughs> some boundaries in those spooky relationships. Everybody seems, not everybody, everybody has an opinion and how they think is the best way they should do it, and everybody's done it wrong, and everybody's seen everybody do it wrong, and everybody's afraid of it, and all these things, and everybody's heard a million sermons and all this kind of stuff on like what their boundaries should be and what dating should look like and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we just want to talk about like our opinion, especially because YLAM is so different than everywhere else. I think we have a really unique perspective, and we've both been to so many different cultures. Like, I've been all across the world, and so have you. Yep. And I've seen, like, relationships done in, in most every culture. Not every culture, obviously, but a lot of different cultures than, like, Western culture. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it'd be good. We have a good, like, perspective on how different cultures do it, how it was done in the Bible, um, and then maybe some boundaries after that. Yeah. Definitely. I'm really excited. I love talking about boundaries and Christian relationships. Yeah. Because we're so bad at it. Oh man, it's insane. Like you get some you get both extremes. You get people who are like, we're covered by grace so we can sleep together and yeah. you're like, uh huh, I'm really concerned for you. <laughs> yeah, we're in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And then you get people who are like, you better not hold hands and you better not sit next to each other at all. And it's like, okay dude, you need to Calm down. Yeah, it's like the extreme of some people are like, you have to have an arranged marriage. And then other people are like, yeah, just go on Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should go on Tinder. And if you want to do arranged marriage, I mean, that's up to you. I don't don't really... I would prefer someone to do that more than Tinder. Yes. But, yeah, we can talk about it. I'm not a lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) Not Tinder, arranged marriage. But yeah, so 
Um, Derry and I have authority in this area because we're both single men. And we're yep. so... <laughs> I don't know you watch our line, dude. I was like, as soon as you said authority, I was like, mm, don't say that word. <laughs> don't say that word. We both... <laughs> we're practically experts on the matter of our um, lifetime of singleness, except for the fact that we've had failed relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're not like, obviously, if we were married, we would have more authority in the room to say what you should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And we're not even telling you what you should or shouldn't do. We're just talking about what we believe is best practices and what I, like, I'm going to, we can share about, like, how we would imagine we would be in relationships. And, like, because we, at least I think about this beforehand, like, I think it's good to ask yourself how you're going to act in a relationship before you get in a relationship. Yeah, of course. Because then you can be on guard. Yeah. It's like training to fight. Like, you don't just worry about knowing how to fight once you're in a fight. You, like, yeah. practice and, like, know how to do the moves and whatnot. Yeah. I think we can still have really good conversations about this, even oh, though 100%. we don't have, like, necessarily authority in, like... Marriage. We can read the Bible. I think we have some kind of authority. Like, we've obviously... We haven't been married before, but we've been in relationships, and they have been terrible. Mine was. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, right, I'm over it. Like, we have some knowledge on, on the area, and we've seen it done really well by certain people in a lot of different ways, too, not right. just one way. So I think we want to talk about our experience and our authority and the experience that we have in relationships and our, our perspective from what we've seen around the world. Yeah, this is a open discussion. open conversa- open discussion and influenced by the Bible. Yeah. And, and the question is really not necessarily... Driven by the Bible. Driven, yeah, it's not like necessarily okay, how can we tell Christians how to date? It's more like, yeah. hey, what do what is the what does the Bible say about it? Like, what, how do we interpret what the Bible mm. says with their culture from thousands of years ago into our 2019 Western American culture? Yeah. You know, and it's like taking biblical values into our American thinking, and I think it's going to be a really mm. fun conversation. Yeah, and me and Ethan will probably disagree on, like, where we land on what we should actually do when it comes to us personally in relationships and stuff like that. But yeah, so I want to talk about, like, an overview of what, we've seen and what we think should happen and stuff like that. Absolutely. So you got a list of questions you wanted to hit, right? Yeah. Well, let's just start off with like, what is marriage? Why do people want to be in relationships and, and that kind of stuff first? What do you Ooh. think? That's, that could be deep. I saw one quote yeah, that I really like. I said, there's only two types of marriages. Okay. Christian and idolatrous. Okay. And I was like, whoa. And that like threw me for a loop because I've never thought about anyone who's not married being, or anyone that's not Christian but married as like an idol, and I, yeah, idolater. I mean, like, I mean, if no matter what, if you're not a Christian, you're an idolater. Right. Aside from that aspect, I never would look at them and be like, oh my gosh, they're idolizing so badly. Like, yeah. If you husband. don't know what an idolater is, it's just someone who makes idols about things. Yeah, like, we all do. But yeah, if yes. Jesus is number one, you're not doing that. Yeah, it's like anyone who puts anything before God. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. And so, if you're not a Christian, you're putting a lot of things before God. So you're just an idolater, but you're just also a sinner. So you should just repent. Yeah. So it's not like in case you didn't know what idolatry was. <clears throat> yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what do I think about marriage, or like what? So, would... like, what? Why do people get married? Why oh. do people want to be in relationships? What's the point of being in a relationship? We can cover all those things. Right. But like, obviously, people want to get into relationships for a reason. Like. Everybody wants someone else to be with. Like, there's a lot of reasons whether or not they're good or not people want to be in relationships. But, like, what's the point of being in a relationship? Why do we want to be in relationships and stuff like that? And yeah. I want to answer first. I think innately, um, it's ingrained in our DNA because God created us that way. Mm-hmm. You know, God created man and he said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And he created woman 
as a helper. And that's not to say all the women are subject to help men. It's like, right. no, you guys coexist together to help each other. The man helps the woman, the woman helps the man. Yeah, exactly. And we can talk about that even, like the roles in marriage and stuff like that. That'd be interesting to get into. Yeah, that might be better for a later conversation. When we're married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would say... Awkwardly glance at each other. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that, yeah, God ingrained the desire of companionship mm-hmm. into human DNA and companionship with himself and companionship with one another mm-hmm. in both intimate relationships and community relationships. And so because of that, it's part of who we are as human beings to want to be married. Because I could say, oh, it's just procreation to, to expand the culture, but that wouldn't make sense to be married to that one person alone because mm-hmm. you can populate the planet faster if you sleep with multiple partners and have right, multiple right. babies. Right. So that would be actually a hindrance to human expansion if that was the only reason. Right. Um, I think we can define something else too really fast. Like, at the very beginning, we see God create, like you said, he created man and woman, and he said, like, they were supposed to be together and to help each other and to reproduce, right? Uh, but another thing we can look at is in heaven or on the new heavens and new earth, they wouldn't be married or given in marriage. There again. is no marriage, right? Yeah, so that's a very interesting fact. So we were created for marriage on this world, but not for the next world. So how do you think that like played? I think I think it can speak a lot into how we view marriage for this life and what the purpose of marriage is right. and stuff like that. I think it's very interesting to think about. Like, yeah. Why now and why not then and stuff like that. I would assume because God had the foreknowledge that man was going to fall and wanted to represent himself in the world in a tangible way, mm. he created marriage for this world because mm. I do believe that marriage is supposed to represent the relationship they're supposed to show the world the relationship between God and man yeah and Paul talks about that yeah 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 God talks about how it's like the man represents God and the woman represents the church Mm -hmm. and like the man is supposed to love the woman as Christ loved the church and gave himself up so that's like self-sacrificing to the point of death like men have a huge responsibility in marriage that's that's not to say women are just subject to serve men at all like we're supposed to serve women women supposed to serve us and it's supposed to this beautiful like coexistence of like loving each other self-sacrificial mm-hmm. sacrificially yeah right as the bible talks about yeah and so but the thing is in the next heaven the next earth the new one there's not going to be sinners there's not going to be a need for right. god to show the people who don't know him who he is in marriage absolutely there's not that mission to fulfill right, right. like everyone's going to know so it's not necessary mm-hmm. and also i think marriage probably just yeah, it just shows unity and like it show it's it, it's evangelistic in a way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I would say most of the, I would agree with most things you said. Um, I think I'd hit on reproduction a little more though, because there won't be a need to like reproduce in the new heavens and new earth. Right. Everybody will be there already that chose to be there. Um, so there's no need to like create more of us, right? So you lose that aspect, which is a large aspect of what God created us for and why we have attraction to each other, right? Um, and also our mission is fulfilled for each other, which is, I think. I don't think necessarily our full mission is fulfilled because I think God always created people with a purpose and in the new heavens and new earth we will still have purposes and things to do, jobs, yes. all that kind of stuff, right? I, I think that too. I think the mission that we were created to be together like as one man and one wife for will be completed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, the same reason we won't evangelize in heaven. That mm-hmm. mission's completed. Yeah. So I think it's a big reason of like why we even get married in the first place is how can you do life better together? How can you fulfill the mission God's given you for this earth better together rather than separately, which would be why you would get married. Kind of skipping into what we're going to talk about later, 
But I think yeah. that's a, a big reason we won't be given in marriage in the new heavens and new earth is because that mission is fulfilled necessarily. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And also, Christ will be completely reunited with the church. So if what you're saying is true about like the foreshadowing of that humans falling away and all that kind of stuff, um, the relationship of man and woman and Christ and the church, I think, doesn't necessarily need restored. to... restored. Yeah, it's restored. doesn't need to be imitated that way. Right. Which is interesting because as guys, when we're like in the church, we're like, we're the bride of Christ. It's like... Hey bro, that's kind of gay. Kind of gay, dude. Don't, don't be saying, don't be saying, I ain't no, I ain't no bride, I, I ain't no bride, I, I, I ain't a groom, I. I <laughs> you just, but it's, I think we have a backwards thing. We're subjecting the Bible's terminology to our thinking when we should subject our thinking to the Bible's terminology. So it's like, oh, bride in our world is gender specific, right? But in the body of Christ, it just means believers, like humanity is. Yeah, is talking about a relationship. Yeah. And so it's not saying like I'm a female. It's like no, like I'm just I'm a helper to Christ, and I and I do what He says, and I submit to myself to Him, and mm-hmm. I love Him, You're and He gives Himself him. up to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing to think about and ponder, because then it helps you. And then it helps you in like your Christian living too, because then you're like, okay, like what is my role as a Christian? Okay, well, how what was I created for? I was created to be a helper to God, mm-hmm. you know, because if Eve was created to be a helper to Adam, then humanity is created to help God. Well, help God what? Right. Well, give glory to him and, and make himself known in this world right now. Yeah. So what do you think, it, now that we've talked about like why God created marriage and like the reason for it and stuff like that, why do you think people should want to be in relationships? Because there's lots of bad reasons to want to be in relationships. Like, hormones. Like one, yeah, hormones, <laughs> you want to be like codependent with someone, all that kind of stuff. Like what, what do you think is a reason or the reasons, like good and bad, to be in relationships or to want to be in a relationship with someone? Because we see kids like, like five years old, like having tons of relationships now, and like by the time they're fifteen, five. yeah, like you they know, get they, dating at the five. I mean, yeah, they see like their older sibling do it, and they're like, oh man, I want to do that too, and so they start dating. And, I guess and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I worked with kids at after school program when I was back home because okay. they'll just hire me for a month while I'm back, and I can go make a little money and then come back, right? Yeah. And so you go up and hang out with the kids and be like, do you have a, a girlfriend? And be like, no, I don't have a girlfriend. And then they're like, oh wow, I've had like six girlfriends this year. I'm not kidding. They're bragging to you about how many girlfriends they've had and how many boyfriends they've had. I don't count people saying they date as real dating if they're not able to drive. Yeah, I totally totally agree. But I just mean more... (laughs) Yeah, it's the idea. I mean more the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, some people can't drive and they can be in relationships though. I just tease In America, maybe. Like, I tease people who are like in America and they're like, are 14. Like, I have a boyfriend. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Does that mean like his mom drops you off at the movie theaters and then you're like okay, I'll pick you up. My mom, I mean, my mom will pick you up at like seven. And it's like, what? No, bro. Like if you can't drive, you're not dating because that's just, it's just childish. Yeah. So like, what do you think are some <laughs> reasons like we should get in relationships? Or so, maybe we'll start with bad ones. Yeah. About? Bad reasons bad to get in a relationship, relationship is to, um, fill an emotional need in an okay. unhealthy way. What do you mean? If you have emotional pain and you're trying to medicate it with relationships, it's yeah, a problem. Yeah. So there is emotional need that's very real that God has, I think, given us in a way that our partners are supposed to not completely fulfill it, because I think only Christ can, but are supposed to be there as a support in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not bad to have your partner, like, be there for emotional support. That's very mm-hmm. healthy. You need that. But if you have a terrible emotional trauma that you have not healthily, like, messed with, or not messed with, but, like, fixed and, and worked on, and you're just always, like, say you got hurt when you were a kid by your parents or a bully or something. You never feel mm-hmm. good enough now. And you're trying to get in relationships to feel good enough. 
that's unhealthy. Yeah. Right? Like, you should find your fulfillment in Christ and find that God, like, the Bible says there is no, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And it's like that, you don't have to try to, quote, unquote, be good enough for Christ. He loves you where you are. He's going to, he's going to transform you. And yeah. you don't have to worry about it. So find that in Christ. Don't try to find that in other people. Mm. Another bad reason to get in a relationship, to have sex. Right? Mm-hmm. If your relationship's built on sex, you are going to be un, uh, what do you call it? I was going to say sad, disappointed, um, all that stuff. You're going to be, you're going to wake up to a world of hurt when you realize that sex fades away and then you're like, wait, I married this person and I married them for sex, which means you probably married them because you're physically attracted to them and then beauty fades and you're going to be ugly one day. Yeah. And then what? Yep. Then you're just going to be unhappy, grumpy, and ugly. And no yep. one wants that. Yep. I think there is a there is an interesting verse that talks about that a little bit though, which is First uh, Corinthians seven nine, which says, "But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion." Right. right? If you and, can't practice self control, get married. Right, and in that the context of that verse, it's not talking about like, oh, I just want to have sex so bad I'm gonna get married. It's if you're already not controlling yourself, and then you should get married. Yeah. Right? Like, like if, if you're already just having sex around. with this person all the time, like just marry them you know what I mean like you're you've already become one flesh to that person because you're like you're being married with that person just without saying it like you should yeah. just get married to that person right yeah it's very interesting so can you think of any other like reasons we like bad, like, reasons? bad reasons to get oh, married so many probably better right because for image money yeah. if you marry someone for money and then you divorce them and, yeah. and you didn't sign a prenup that's messed up you're just gonna marry someone and divorce them so you're gonna get cr- get rich quick yeah you're a terrible person yeah um image also people want to marry like the smartest hottest whatever most prestigious so they can look good to society around them Hmm. that's messed up there's a lot of bad reasons people get married yeah people used to get married in the old that's why there's so many divorces right yeah in ancient days people used to get married because of a political gain Hmm. they probably still do in some places near but yeah, there's a lot of reasons. You got anything else to add to that list of bad reasons to get in relationships? I think you covered a lot of them. I think mostly what people do is they they see it as idolatry or not. They don't see it. As <laughs> I'm gonna idolize. I'm gonna idolize. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like the main reason is that people get married is they have a, a longing and a desire for that hole to be filled inside of them, like in their heart, and like I need like this this gaping emotional hole to be filled. And that actually needs to be filled with Jesus. The only right. thing that can actually like fulfill their eternal desire. Um, and then they get married and like, oh, I still have this giant hole. I'm still like lonely. Right. And I don't know how to be that be fulfilled. It's like when people who are dealing with a porn problem say, oh, I'll just quit when I get married because I'll be having sex. And it's like, yeah. oh, you, that's it's not the problem. That's not, that's deeper root. You need to fix that now. Yeah. And so I think that's like the biggest reason that people get married is like exactly for that like there's this giant hole that they need to have filled with Jesus but they think they can fill it with other people which is which is fair like that's how society does it yeah. you know what I mean like that's what's advertised to you in every movie and every book and most songs right. you know that person's gonna fulfill your desires and like you may be blinded by emotion for long enough to think that they do but in reality they don't absolutely you need and Jesus it's like, to fulfill that it's not uncommon you know you're not an anomaly if that's where you're at and right it, like there's hope you know it's not mm-hmm. Everything we're saying, it's not like condemning, you know, it's just, hey, this is a situation. Here's probably what the root is. We can deal with it. Yeah. You know, so find satisfaction in Jesus. Be able to hang out by yourself and be okay with being alone by yourself and before you get in a relationship because then you're going to become codependent and that's so unhealthy. 
You want to talk yeah. about that for a second? Sure. Go Code for it. Yeah. Codependency. It's like when you're with your partner and you can't not hang out with them. Like mm-hmm. every day, all day, you're either glued to your phone texting them because you're not with them or you're attached at the hip everywhere you go. Right. And that is, you know more about the psychological part of the guess or like the, what most ex- experts say about it. Mm-hmm. But isn't it like terrible, right? It's like really bad if you can't be alone. Yeah, it's terrible. Like you are only being fulfilled in this person and as soon as they don't fulfill you, you're not going to be happy anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And it's only a matter of time until they don't fulfill you. Like, no one can satisfy you if, if they're a human being. Yeah. Psychologists will tell you that um, if if you're like this and you get in a relationship, you're not going to be happy. The most happy people are the people that can spend time away with their significant other, with other friends, and know that their, like, their husband or wife isn't going to fulfill them in every way a human being can fulfill another human being. Like, I'm not going to... I'm Well, I don't know my wife, probably. But, <laughs> like, I'm not going to probably like go to my wife to look for like that kind of bro satisfaction like, bro you like, better hanging not hang out better with bros. Not. you know what I mean you better come to me bro like <laughs> like it'd be cool if like my wife would like eat wings and watch the game with me you know what I mean but like that's something I do with my friends like my guy friends you know yeah, she's not coming to guys day no she definitely can't <laughs> like if she if she wants to that's cool no but, wives like, are wives are a lot of guys day that's not an expectation I have for my wife you know right. what I mean because that's not atypical for women to usually do right that's atypical for guys to do so I'm not looking for to be fulfilled in that way from my wife. I know I need other human beings besides my wife to fulfill me in that way, to give me that thing that I love to do and find so much like enjoyment in doing. Right. You know what I mean? There's lots of things I know that my wife isn't going to fulfill me in. Even certain kinds of conversations. Like I know there's just different kinds of people that I'm going to like to talk to about different kinds of things more than I'm going to like to talk to my wife about those things. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing to recognize. Yeah. It's the healthiest thing. Yeah, like factually. Yeah, and it's not saying I don't want to ever do anything with my wife or anything like that. I'm just saying I know I'm not going to be fulfilled in this one person. Right. I know that this person's going to be my helper, and I'm going to be their helper, and we're committed to doing life together. We have a commitment and a covenant before the Lord that can only be broken in death, but I know that that's like what our agreement is, and we both are going to know that, like, hey, I know I'm not always going to fulfill you in, like, you need other people just like I need other friends, right? We all need to be in a community, not just like you and me alone on an island. Right. And so, get yourself some friends. Yeah. Yep. Get yourself a good emotional support group. Because especially if you're just dating and it's like, I'm dating this person, but I don't know if I'm going to get married to them. Then it's like, you can't be codependent on someone you're just dating because you haven't made any commitment and they have all the right to leave if they want. Watch me, dude. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll be here to comfort you when you're sad if, if you guys don't work out. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a giant problem you see all over the place. Because mm-hmm. it's idolized so much, or relationships are idolized so much. And then when you get in a relationship, like, wow, this is everything like, I've ever dreamed for because you're in that infatuation stage. It's not love. Right? It's infatuation. Yeah. You're not in love. You're and infatuated. You're like, this is everything I've ever seen in movies and in books. I'm infatuated, but you think you're in love. And you're like, I'm spending all my time with this person. I don't need any of my other friends because they don't make me feel like this person makes me feel. Right. And then that feeling drops away. The drugs stop pumping in your brain. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this person's kind of annoying. Oh. I need my I friends. I don't like how they do that one thing. Yeah. Wow, they never want to do the same. They have a weird sense of fact. And all these things, all of a sudden, everything that you thought was so romantic and beautiful and awesome about them kind of becomes commonplace. And then all the flaws come out. Yeah. And you, and it's like, dang, bro. Now you're just going to look for a fulfillment somewhere else. Yep. Or in somewhere else. Yep. Or somewhere else. But, like, with all that, if you're going to, like, making a commitment is knowing that the person's going to have flaws and it's giving grace for that. Yeah. Because you have flaws, too, and you need grace for that, too. Exactly. And it's okay to have flaws. 
Yeah. You just got to have patience for each other and have a healthier understanding that you physically can't fulfill me in the way that I need to do, be fulfilled in every aspect of my life. Yeah. And that's just unfair for you to put on another person. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, I've had conversations with people and they're like, well, this just happened. I'm like, well, you had an unfair expectation on them that they don't know. It happens all the time with people. And that's a why a lot of conflict happens. Like, not even talking about, like, dating relationships and, like, conflict in marriage or relationships like that. It's like community conflicts happen because people have unrealistic expectations on people without the other party knowing. Yeah. So the other party doesn't meet this person's expectations that they don't know about. And then the other party, the, the first party is getting mad at the second mm-hmm. because they let them down without knowing. Yep. If that makes sense. If you follow that. It's so funny. It's just a lack of communication. Yeah. It's like, bro, you can't expect everyone all the time to do everything you expect perfectly. And if you do, you're just going to live a grumpy life. Yeah. Heck yeah. This is why we need grace, guys. This is why we need grace. Yep. And we and me and Darren need grace too. Yep. Sometimes you're going to expect us to have one theological bent. And we're going to we tell don't. you we're not Calvinists and you're going to be mad at us. But guess what? Apparently by Calvinists, we're predestined to not be that disposition. Like, that decision. Yep. Got me? Yep. <laughs> but that's just a, it's going on a tangent now. Anyways. So, is there anything else you want to say about, like, why we should get married, or what's the reason we get, should get married for, or bad or good reasons to get married before we move on? You should get married because it's commanded, mm-hmm. unless God tells you to be a celibate. Mm-hmm. I think some other good reasons to get married, or, like, the good reasons to get married is, one, you see that you have a good mission, like, you know your mission from God that he's given you, and you know the other person's mission, and you know you would do a better job together than you would separately. That you would complement each other in both of your missions. So say, like, if I want to get married, I know my mission is to be a missionary, right? Yeah. I know that's the mission God's given me. I know I'm supposed to move overseas and tell people about Jesus. And I'm not going to marry someone who wants to stay here and be a school teacher or be a scientist, right? right? Even though I can fall in love with that person, like, that's we don't have compatible missions. So I'm not going to even, like, start to be interested in that person because I know we're not going to end up together unless I'm going to disobey God and not fulfill the mission. Or she's going to disobey God and yeah. go to the mission. Yeah, which is not God's mission for her, if she knows God's mission for her. You know what I mean? So you need to find someone who has the same mission as you. Or complementary. Yeah, or complementary. Of course, that can be, it's easy for me to say, because I have such a clear-cut mission, right, in being a missionary. Like, you're not going to be a missionary, like, my field is pretty small, people that I can pick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But say you want to be a school teacher, and God's called you to be a school teacher, and then he's also called your spouse to be, like, I don't know, not a school a teacher, but yeah, like a businessman. Like those aren't conflicting missions. You can do both of those things, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have to both be school yeah. teachers. Or like God could tell the wife to be a school teacher, but not say where, and then she could be a school teacher in whatever country that you'd be a missionary in. Yeah, but are you equally yoked? Like that's not just a are you a Christian kind of thing. Are you in the same place? Are you both going to your like spiritual places of influence? Your work in your like social groups and are you both sharing the gospel as firmly as each other are you both spurring each other on or is one person like dragging the other person along is one yeah. person always sharing the gospel and the other person's like you're always doing this and I don't really like it and like I just want to like kind of like oh leave those gosh. people alone and oh kind of like that like you know what I mean yeah. like that's not being equally yoked that's one person dragging the other person along you right. want to be equally yoked with someone so the mission you have in telling people about Jesus on this earth is fulfilled together yeah, the best way it can be if I was ever with someone like Say we're at a restaurant on a date, and I evangelize to our hostess, and then, like, she leaves, and, like, say the date's like, hey, can you not do that? And really I'm like, mm, this is over. I'm like, oh, 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 I didn't, I didn't realize. We'll have two checks, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll be a gentleman and still pay for it, but I would talk to her. I'm like, hey, either 
well, this isn't going to work or you're going to have to grow in your boldness. Because it's okay to not be bold. Like, everyone's not bold at some point. For me, it's not going to work. Sometimes people aren't bold ever and they just still do it out of sheer obedience, but they don't yeah. love it. But if it's like, if you're like so, if you're not willing to grow, then it's like, I just got, I got other things to do. Yeah. I think my laundry just got done. I got to. Yeah. I got to go get that out. I got to go do that. I got to fold those, you know? <laughs> But yeah, so be equally yoked and that, like Derry said, it doesn't even have to be like a Christian thing. It's just a life thing. If you like, if you want to move to like Florida and the person that you're in love with is like, I never want to leave home. And God's told you to move there. Well, I'm not, I'm talking about like for non-Christians, like you oh, okay. have different like dreams, like, because if you're a non-Christian, you don't have to really worry about what God's telling you. You should probably repent. You should definitely repent. I mean, but, yeah, definitely. Like if you're not a Christian, you're probably following your dreams. And if your dreams aren't lining up together, then one of you can have to compromise and then both of you might be unhappy. Yeah. But if you follow God, he'll work it out all for you, so. Yeah. Like the Bible says, he works all things for the good of those who love him. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. It's not saying that you can't follow your dreams if you're a Christian either. Right. But I'm just saying it's a lot easier. It's just different. It, yeah. You're, once you become a Christian, your dreams aren't your God. Yeah. Your dreams become to glorify God. Yeah. And God will use your passions in a way that will glorify him. Yeah. Like exactly. Darren and I love having insightful conversations and now we have a podcast that glorifies God. Yeah. So, yeah, dream achieved. Yeah. And another thing I think you want to think about when you're, like, choosing the person you want to be with is do you complement each other, right? Like, are you going to work well together, not just spiritually, but, like, in the way that God created both of you? You know right. what I mean? Like, say one of you is super outdoorsy and the other one, like, just likes to stay inside and read. Like, might be some red flags. It can definitely work. Well, I have, I've had friends who like Yeah, that I was going to say, you could have, like, that could be, like, where each other finds rest. One's like, hey, I'm going to go on a, on a hike for three hours. The other's like, sick, I'm going to read a book. Right, but what I mean is, like, if one person's called to be, like, a wilderness travel guide and the other person's called to just, like, like write books and be a writer or something, it could work. But I would say in the most part, like, you want to find someone who has complimentary things to you where you can both do those things. Not necessarily, like, if it's a hobby, but if it's something you're called to do. Like, right. you can both like, do those things and be able to spend time together on things you enjoy. You don't want to be an, an opposite from someone, right? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I think it can it can work in instances, but, like, one person's just, like, a gamer and does, like, like streams on Twitch all day and makes, like, millions of dollars streaming on Twitch, and another person's, like, a like an outdoor backpacker and something like that. I can definitely work, but I just don't see it, it happening a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah. Because the, per- the outdoorsy person might feel like the gamer is being lazy. And just Maybe. sitting, and it's like, well, no, I'm making money, so you can go hike. Yeah. <laughs> you see all that clothing you're wearing? You see that? Yeah, you see that? Yeah, that's because my, <laughs> yeah, my gaming, all right? I'm hiking the mountains of Skyrim. Leave me alone. I <laughs> 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 love Skyrim. So fun. All right, so let's talk about, like, dating relationships in Christianity. Like, what are the boundaries? What are healthy boundaries? Mm. We'll talk about that later. Let's, let's define. Right, well, I was just hoping we've got time to get to it. We do. All right, yeah. We got half an hour or more. Okay, we got it. We let's talk about like just kind of on a natural progression to that. Let's talk about what are the different kinds or ways to be in relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause there's so many different ones. You want to start like kind of by describing what it's like in YWAM? Yeah. So in YWAM, oh, uh, relationships, in my opinion, here are they're actually really good in a lot of ways. Yeah. But there also there's some times people have opinions that I don't agree with. Yeah. So. Uh, that's not neither here nor there. So I guess the overall idea in our community in YWAM at least, uh, YWAM Honolulu, and I would assume, like most Christian circles I've ever been part of, the idea is if you're dating someone, you're planning on marrying that person, mm-hmm. right? 
So it's like we don't play the dating game. Like where you're just like, I'm with this person just to see how it works out. And then if uh, something else comes along, I'm just going to leave this person. Like if you're dating here, at, at least in our community, the idea is that like you both want to end up marrying each other. And this is just a time for you hopefully. to. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And it's okay. Like you both have freedom and grace and there's no condemnation if you guys break up. Because yeah. people have dated in our community and broken up and no one gets flack for it, you know? Right. We love each other. We love all... We love everyone. And it's just... To, it's just basically... I heard a really good saying. It's not... This does not speak to our community, but I guess, in my opinion, how I look at dating, it's like an evaluation process mm. to say, okay, like, are we fit... Are we a good Absolutely, fit together? yeah. You know? You're trying to get to know this person. You don't want to throw a serial killer right. or not. But the thing with that is you don't get any benefits until you get the commitment. Right. You know? So, and dating's not a commitment. That's an evaluation thing. Right. It's kind of like... Neither is engagement. Right. Engagement's not even a commitment. It's a pre-commitment agreement. (laughs) It's like... I'm going to make a commitment to you. Not not yet. I will... Soon I I will. Yeah, I will... I will get to it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's kind of like if you worked at a factory. So I worked at a factory in the first 90 days where evaluation. And it's like, I could totally be fired and and nothing would happen. Mm. And I would just be like, hey, you're not a good fit here. And that's kind of what dating is. It's like... Uh, we're evaluating how we work together, how we handle situations together. Mm. If this is good, because then now we know how we react in arguments, if we get in arguments, mm. and whatnot. And, and it's just a more intimate way to get to know someone with the purpose of finding that like person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. Because yeah. you can't have that. You can't get to know anyone on that intimate of a level, like all the time. That's yeah. very unhealthy. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna confuse a lot of people. Mm. So. Yeah, but there are like a lot of things that a lot of people do, or something that a lot of people do, is they will spend intentional time together, but they'll like make sure they'll be really really wise about it. Mm-hmm. Like they're not gonna go and look at go to like this romantic lookout at night where there's not a right. lot of people, just, right? Just them too. Yeah, it's good. Like if they're hanging out at night, it's usually around groups, right? And if they're gonna talk by themselves here in our community, they usually do it in the daytime in the public where someone can see them. Yeah. Because they just want accountability and that's just their own personal conviction. It's just wise. I, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's talk about the different kinds of ways you can do dating relationships because a lot of people have very strong opinions. Like, mm, I would say probably most of the people at this, at most wildland bases would say this is the only way to do relationships. Like, any other way you're doing it is incorrect. Right? I would say that's most people. I don't know... If I feel comfortable saying most, just because I don't actually know the information, but in my experience... Out of the YWAMers that I've talked to, I would say 95% of them, if not more than that, have said this is the only way to do relationships and this is the best way to do it. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so, this is just one way. This is like the getting close to um, very traditional like courting, right? Right. And so, I would say there's two extremes. There's one extreme of what you kind of have our culture going to now where there isn't even marriage. It's just people like start dating for fun and then they start getting feelings and they start living together. Cohabiting. Yeah. yeah. And then there's there's the other extreme of your parents just pick who you get married to and you've never met them before. Right? That's another Sounds extreme. Sounds terrible. Still happens all the time. Happens in the Bible all the time. It's most of the examples we have in the Bible actually. It's the worst. Right? I think this might be the only example. I can't think of anything else. Well, there's lots of examples where they knew each other first and they sort of chose. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, and a couple other ones. But, so... We want to kind of run through all of these different kinds and say what we think about them and say what our our personal like conviction is for what the best is, um, but if we actually think any of these are wrong or right, right? So I'm just going to say my opinion now, and then you can say your opinion. Yeah, is that all right? All right, cool. 
So, in my opinion, obviously, I don't think cohabitation is good at all because living or sleeping with someone before marriage is obviously biblically not correct. Like, it's, well, it's not necessarily like a sin, quote unquote. Like, the Bible never says don't cohabitate. It's just incredibly unwise and a terrible way I'm, to I'm including sleeping with someone. Oh, I'm not talking about sex. Oh, I am. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because I was a lot, some, I've had people say, like, well, what if I just live in the same place with them without sleeping with them? I'm like, are, <laughs> you, are you actually, though? Are you, are you you're, 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 okay. Wait, okay. You're, you're telling me your early 20s, you're sharing the same bed with your girlfriend and you're not sleeping together. Yep. Okay. Bro. Really? Really? Okay. Really, bro? Yeah. That's some discipline. <laughs> well, that's what they say. I've never, I don't know if I've known it to actually work out well. I don't think anyone's ever done that. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, obviously I don't think that is okay. Um, do I think... Now, I, I think the, the farthest you should go as a Christian, in my opinion, I know a lot of people disagree with me, you might disagree with me, is dating apps. I don't think dating apps are necessarily wrong. I think... You think Christian... Like, we mean like Tinder, or you mean like Christian media? No, no, no. So, so <laughs> What I'll, kind of dating apps are talking? It. We're talking about dating apps, not like we're hooking up apps. You know what I mean? So Tinder would be a hooking up app. For the most part. Let's not define... I'm not going to define what <laughs> app you're using. But I'm saying, in some instances, dating apps could be okay. But only if you know exactly what you want, and the community on this app knows that they know exactly what they want, right? If you know exactly what you want in the person you're going after, you have a list of things you're trying to fulfill that's not unrealistic, that's very realistic. You know who you are, and you know like exactly the place you are in life and what your mission is. And you find someone who has the same mission and lives near you and you're physically attracted to um, and has the same values and morals as you, why not go on a date with that person? That's just us using our technology to an advantage. It's not creepy. We're not just like having sex when we first meet, right? We're being adults about it. We're going on a date. It's just meeting online and not meeting like in right. a group setting. In some ways, it's almost impossible to meet anybody besides that now because of how like individualistic our world's gotten and how busy people are now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I would say dating apps are so abused, right? Like, all yes. of them are basically just used for hookups and, like, making you feel better and going on, like, massive amounts of dates. But I'd say if you're a mature person and you can meet another mature person on there, I would say it's highly unlikely you will. So I wouldn't do it. Yeah. You can say, looking for a needle in a haystack. Yeah. It's but, possible. But I, I think if you know what you're looking for and you, like, you're on there and you stumble across someone's profile and you're like, this person fits me exactly, like... I'm not compromising, I'm mature, I know what I want, and I know what I'm looking for, and this person's profile like says that, and you start chatting with them, and you go on like a date where you're not emotionally invested in this person, you're just trying to figure out who they are, and you figure out like they're exactly like you, and, and they have like all the same vision and dreams and passion that you do, and you start going to church with this person and really seeing who they are and visiting their community and stuff like that, I think it's a fine way to get to know someone yeah. if you're doing it correctly, okay? Yeah. And so I think everything from that point to... Um, I wouldn't say I would do an arranged marriage per se in where like traditionally you don't know the person and your parents pick who they are. I wouldn't necessarily say I would do that. But at, again, I don't necessarily think that's wrong. But I wouldn't say someone should practice that today. Okay? So this is the version of arranged marriage I would say is good. I would say if you are attracted to someone or maybe you don't even notice this person and your parents like bring up this person to you and maybe your parents know their parents and and they know them via their parents and stuff like that right yeah. and they're like what about this person right and then 
Um, they start talking to that person. Maybe you haven't met them yet. They think that should be a good match. They put you guys together. You start hanging out. And then they, they start hanging out with your friends. And your friends meet them. And they're like, wow, like you guys seem like you fit really well together. Like you do, your like personalities mesh well and all these kind of things. The same morals, same values, same mission, vision and mission. Um, that would be, I think, like an arranged marriage that would work today. I actually think that's one of the healthiest ways you can do relationships now. If, if I had, like, if I got to craft my do life. Do you trust your parents to pick someone for you? I don't think that's necessarily picking someone for you. Like, I wouldn't just marry that person. Right. Right? I'm saying more like they're picking someone out for you to go on a date with or, like, get to know. And you think, oh, like, you arranged this. I don't, I'm not forced to marry this person. Right. But you arranged, like, me and this person meeting. And then it, something can happen based on the thing that you've arranged. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so I think every single relationship is, or every single marriage is more than just like a marriage between two people and God, I think it's a marriage of families, right? Like, especially in old times, like you see like one person get married to another person and like both of those families merge into one family now, right? Hmm. And so I think it's the same now. Like if I marry someone, I'm marrying them and their family. It's not to say like if they don't have family, I am not marrying a family <laughs> or like, or like Sorry, if dude. their family's terrible, like I'm still marrying that family and stuff. But like you have to deal with or like right, have a relationship with the family that you yeah. marry into, right? Yeah, like you're going to always, like these people are now your family. Right. You want to look at like how that family operates, how they act, how they treat each other and stuff like that because it's going to say a lot about the person you're marrying, yeah. right? And how they treat their family. Yeah. I think it's very important. So I think when you get your friends involved and your family involved and you get their advice and like um, you have their input on it, they are a part of your relationship, it's much healthier and there's much less room for mistakes than when you just try to do it on your own. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'd say those are the two extremes where I think I think everything in between those are good. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't think that that's okay, especially in YOM, because they see this is the only way to do it. Like, this is the only healthy way. You need, what don't they see as okay? I'll explain. You need to do it the YOM way or like the, the, um, the courting way, because this is just how we do it. This is the most safe way. This is the most God-honoring way. When, yeah, I think it, it does work very well to get to some to get to know someone before you get in a relationship with them, right? Right. So, so to explain the YWAM like way or like just the the courting way a little bit more, um, it's like you meet someone and say you want to get to know them. And in a normal life situation, you'd ask that person on a date, right? But in YWAM... Would you call it a date or would you just say, hey, let's get coffee? And would you call that a date? Hold on, I'll define my terms in a second. Okay, because so, I've done that and not meant to be dates before. Right, so I'll define my terms. So in YWAM, you would say you wouldn't just ask that person on a date. You would get to know them in the community you live in because you probably live in the same community, right? And as you get to know them in that community, you probably go to some game nights together. You probably, like, lead a school or, or something like that Staff with them. A school together. You wouldn't lead a team together because everyone well, would be... Well, you might. You might. You might. In very rare cases, people... Usually, you're not, you're not dating. I know, but people usually, if they see two people of opposite sex hanging out quite a bit, they won't have them lead, team, okay. lead teams together. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And so... Um, you start spending time with that person, and you're sort of dating them without dating them, like it being in a relationship dating them, but um, outside of that context of you just hanging out one-on-one. You're hanging out in a group setting. And so as soon as you know this person, you know how they act in group settings, you know how they act under pressure, you know all these things, then you ask to be in a relationship with them. You've sort of foregone that preemptive like relationship, or not relationship, dating period, right? In my opinion, when I see dating in like um, in just normal life, like if I had a job, I would date, right? I wouldn't yeah. probably do relationships like we do here in my because I don't think it's practical, 
right? Well, when you I, have work and other responsibilities right, that you can't always... Right. When I, before I came to YWAM, I was at college, and I worked two jobs, right? And I also, like, served in my church and youth group and stuff like that. Right. And in my college. I didn't have time to... To freaking like to get to know someone that well, right? Group settings, yeah. I would be like fifty years old before I got to know someone well <laughs> enough to like to marry or decide like I wanted to be in a relationship with them for marriage, right? Yeah. So I think when you're not in YWAM and you're not in that kind of setting, like you're in a much more individualistic setting, right? I think it's completely fine to go on dates. And now let me define like my terms. Like I said, I was going okay. to. I don't think a date is being in a relationship, right? And I think I hold on. I think that's only true. If you communicate that that's true, because that's not the average definition of a human being, right? So if I, especially women, if I asked a girl out, like to go on a date with me, they would think, oh, we're starting a relationship. I'm going to get emotionally invested. And a lot of guys think that way too, right? Like if a girl asked me out on a date, like I would start to think, oh, like they're my, I might start to get my emotions ready to like be committed to someone, right? right? But I think that's very unhealthy. So I think a date going on a date with someone. I ask someone to go get coffee with me or go to a movie with me or something like that, right? That is me and this other person getting to know each other without being emotionally invested in each other. We're just getting to know each other better as friends. We're not in a relationship, right? Yeah. And so, but that needs to be communicated because a lot of people will say, oh, we're dating. They think we're dating means we're in a relationship. Those two are synonymous when I don't think those two things are synonymous, right? But that needs to be communicated with somebody. So would you, before you like, so say you find a girl, you're interested in getting to know her more. Mm. Would you say, hey, I want to take you to go mini golfing for the purpose of just platonically getting to know each other before, and this is not at all romantic. Would you tell her that? I would very well explain like what my intentions are. I would say, hey, I would like to take you on a date. I would like to get to know you better. But and I would say, just so you know, we are like, because I don't want to hurt you. We are not in a relationship. We are not getting emotionally invested in each other. We're getting to know each other better to see if that's what we want. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So well, I agree with you. So I, we I, don't, yeah. we're not like, we're not like emotionally hooking up right now. Right. Because that's what like dating is for a lot of people like they start dating and immediately they start giving all of their feelings yeah, like, away and my, like, all my problems are like fantasizing and just what? like and like just going ham on like their emotions for this person thinking about them all day long and dreaming about them right they just give themselves completely away emotionally to this person where that's probably unhealthy until marriage for a, like a lot of those emotions for people but they just give them away so freely and what i think that should be is for later yeah. Right? I think when you're dating is just to get to know someone. Now, there needs to become a time, and you're not just going to date someone for a long time, right? You're going to date, go on a few dates with them, and after a few dates, there becomes a, like a definition time where you say, what are we? Are Do we know yeah. each other well enough now? DTR, like, define the relationship. Yeah, are we in a relationship now, right? Because we have some sort of thing going on here. We've been dating, but what's happening, right? Yeah. Like, are we going to be in a relationship or do we need to cut this off and say like okay it was nice to get to know you but I don't think we would work out which is as two adults you could do that you're not wasting time like even if you don't work out hopefully you had a nice civil time with someone you had fun you had community with someone and you never sinned right Right. hopefully all of those things happened and that's good that is not anything to be bad or run away from mature adults should be able to do that but it's so taboo for some reason and, and I know the reason is because people are so bad at controlling their emotions and people mess up all the time in that area yeah. of just giving their emotions away and even giving themselves away physically in that time, right? Yeah. Becoming too emotionally invested too fast. So I would say that that way is completely fine. 
I wouldn't say it's a sin. I wouldn't say it's even worse than like no, than totally the this wildlife like way. I would say though, it's a bit more dangerous than doing it the way that Wyom does, but it is near impossible to do in the real world. Or not the real world, but like in the not YWAM world, right? The only reason it works in YWAM is because we all live together on the same campus right. or at least near each other and it's easy to do because we're, we're so easily in community, right. right? I would say it's possible to do, say, if you work um, a job where you don't have to work like 30 hours a week, you make a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then you're also in community with this person a lot, right? You see them twice a week. You go to like, you serve at youth group together and you also see it, each other at church, right? And then also you hang outside of that outside of like church and youth group with uh, you and your friend group you're seeing that person three times a week like that's basically dating someone without like dating them you can get to know if you want to be in a relationship with that person outside of that context I'm saying dating is more for a context of where you meet someone who lives even farther away from you doesn't go to the same church as you you don't see them in any social circles but you hung with them once and like they seem to be really interesting to you you seem to have all the same morals and values. You figured out this person also right. wants to go the same direction as you in life. And they also love Jesus and really want to tell people about him. Wow, this person really interests me. I want to like get to know this person more. So I'm going to go on a date with this person. I have no quarrels with anything you said. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, I have no comment. You basically covered it all. Cool. <laughs> so I would say that's like that's my definition. But, yeah. I know a lot of people disagree. If you're a dude listening to this and you want to ask a girl on a date... Make sure it's communicated, you know, and the word of advice, don't get so emotionally attached so soon. That is where so much goes wrong because it's like you are sharing so much of your heart with this person and it's like, bro, they don't need to know all that. They don't. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. Like that will happen in time if it's the right person, but you don't got to worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. I used to get so butthurt at like, cause I, I used to hold this view a lot stronger um, like that you just go on dates with people and like they were dumb if they would get emotionally invested at the beginning because like I had this view of, of dating and relationships for a long time and yeah. I was like why don't other people hold the same view I mean, this is like way before YWAM this yeah. is like when I was like 19 right I was like you can go on dates with people just platonically and just get to know the person not be emotionally invested um, but I was I think I was immature in that I didn't think I needed to be communicated that I had that standard right. and I wasn't wise enough to know that no one else held that same standard so other people were getting hurt, um, not necessarily because of something I was doing wrong, right? I, it was something they're doing wrong in a relationship. I'm, I have a different standard and a different uh, definition of what's happening here than this mm-hmm. person does. This person thinks we're getting in a relationship. I think I'm getting to know you. Yeah. Does that make sense? You go tell your boys, hey, I'm going to go get to know this girl on a date. And she goes to tell her friends, I have a boyfriend. Right. And then she's sparkly out over you and you're thinking, wow, this is really going well. I, right. You could very well be like thinking to yourself, I don't know if I'm going to call her back. And she's thinking, like, when is he going to propose? And right. it's like, what? Yeah. What? We're on the same page at all. <laughs> so, and that's where hurt comes, right? And so I realized, like, human beings think so differently and have so many different standards and definitions for what things are. So I needed to make those clear at the beginning if I was going to start dating someone, right? And yeah. so I think that's where I grew in a little bit of maturity and realizing this can totally still work. Like, we can still be two mature adults practicing this dating thing um, well as long as we define our terms and we're not afraid of communication, right? Like, as long as we're not afraid of talking about our feelings and what we're doing here, like, and we don't think that's awkward, then it's fine. Right. I mean, totally. Yeah. There was a girl that I met, like, that's what you were saying, like, in a, I met her through a ministry event that I went to and she was there and I, like, she was one, she was speaking at, like, on a panel Mm -hmm. and I thought she was attractive but I was like, 
eh, I'm leaving in two weeks to move to Hawaii. Yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah. And then my friend Loki challenged me. Not challenged me. Because I, I knew I, if I wanted to talk to her, I was like, I could talk to her if I wanted. But I didn't want to. And then my friend gave me, she's like, oh, just start by saying this, this, this. And I was like, oh, okay, now you cha- I feel challenged now because you told me what to do. Now I have to do and it. And now I have to. But that wasn't really my my motive was like purely like I actually do want to get to know you like yeah I wasn't gonna go out of my way and get to know you because I'm leaving in two weeks I don't see any point in doing it mm-hmm. I don't really need any friends right now yeah but I thought also I'm leaving in two weeks I can take some time out of my week and just get to know someone yeah and so I talked to her and like I asked to get coffee it never happened because of like our schedules and stuff like that mm-hmm. my friends were like oh you asked her on a date I was like what because back then I would define date as like assuming people had like a uh, emotional investment into it mm-hmm. and I didn't so I was like no we're just hanging out I clearly did not ask because I always tell girls not always tell girls but I will have these conversations purposely in front of girls yeah. and I will say if I'm ever going to ask a girl on a date and I want to be romantic I will tell them I would like to take you on a date right I'll be very direct because I had I used to ask girls to hang out like go to yeah. coffee and people would be like oh he's asking me on a date I'm like no I'm not I'm not asking you on a date. I just want to go with coffee because we're friends. Yeah. So I stopped I stopped doing that. That's so funny. That happens to you all the time. No, I stopped now. Oh, okay. I heard, like, I had someone talk to me and then, like, they're like, hey, people, like, are, like, being confused by this behavior, basically. People are dumb. And I was just like, huh. I'm just going to, I was like, fine. You know what? I'm just not going to hang out with girls. Derry doesn't get confused when I ask to hang out with girls. <laughs> and it's more Bro, fun. you ask me on dates all the time and I'm so confused. <laughs> we can't talk about it. So I was Yeah, like, I think it's really annoying that people, like, can't just hang out with the dead they are the other gender like yeah. we can't be adults and like communicate hey like we don't like each other we want to be friends because right. we're both adults and like and we find each other fun and even so we're on gonna movie go nights, to like, get some coffee yeah or movies like people get like oh we're watching movies together what does this mean i'm like it means nothing it means <laughs> i like the movie yeah and you like the movie and we're watching it together and we both have free time right now yeah. i could be in my bed i have ac in my room i don't need like there's i don't need to be here yeah and, but I think communication is very important in that yeah. scenario because that is how a lot of people right. do relationships. And that's now. like, well, that's where it's on me to be like, okay, I gotta, I should probably make sure this person knows this is completely right. platonic. So with that, I'm starting to sell hats to say this is platonic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not selling hats. Just like you carry it in your pocket or under your shirt or something, and like halfway through you watching a movie with a girl, you just like slip the hat out and put it on. <laughs> I will buy a shirt that says, this I'm not flirting. This is not romantic. I'm just gonna like. <laughs> I cannot control myself. This is <laughs> I told someone I was going to make a hat that says this is platonic. And they're like, no, because that's just going to make them think that it's adorable and cute. And I was like, why? Why would that happen? I think that's a great shirt. I want to make it. I should just develop this and make a platonic. Hat. This is platonic. You should. That would be great. I'll, yeah, we'll I'd s- buy it. I'd wear one. There we go. I got one customer. Yeah. $25. That'd be great. We should just <laughs> podcast hats. This is platonic. <laughs> this is platonic. Please understand. Please. Whenever you gentlemen go to youth groups, you can just always wear the hat. Yep. Because every girl's like, oh, he's a Christian guy because he came to church. <laughs> he's not going to What's happening hard. here is Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Me standing in line to get this pizza at this lock-in and talking to you because I'm in line, this is platonic, right? Yeah. This right here, this, this that's, is all That's for all you youth group guys there. <laughs> yeah. So funny. All right. So now do you think we should cover yes. boundaries? Now that we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, now that I've talked for a long time, you should talk about boundaries. <laughs> okay. Boundaries I've always been super curious in. My chair is so squeaky, I'm sorry. I've always been super um, into talking about boundaries with people because I don't think people uh, spend a lot of time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so slightly concerning. For mm-hmm. instance, like I have a lot of friends back home who just date the normal way. Like we talked about like, oh, hey, I like this person. I'm attracted to them. They're attracted to me. 
we're gonna get to know each other. And then they're like, hey, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. And it's like, okay, cool. But then I ask them, I don't ask them this because I don't want to be too nosy, but I just bring up hypothetically, I'm like, you have probably kissed them before. Mm-hmm. And they don't, I don't ask for a question. Like, and I might be talking to a girl at this point, like, you probably kissed your boyfriend. Why can't you kiss me? Then they get uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I say, well, because biblically, you're still single. Like, the only two options for humanity and relationships to each other romantically is either single or married. There is no date. There's, like, arranged marriage, but that person's not, like, making out with their arranged marriage partner. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, look, biblically, you're still single. Yeah. And the Bible does tell men to treat women, younger women like sisters and mm-hmm. older women like mothers. Yeah, I think I think one thing that you should add in there is, like, contractually and... Like based on the covenant, a covenant is yeah. is an agreement between God and man, right? And that's yeah. what marriage is. is a yeah, covenant. covenant. A covenant is between like basically God, man, and woman. Yeah, and can only be broken when death happens. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. So, but like under you're all, dead. like I said, like I said earlier, you don't get any of the benefits without the covenant or the commitment, right? Yeah. So if you're not committed to marriage, and I don't mean well, we're dating, but we want to be married, or we're engaged, so we're going to be married anyways. I mean like after the wedding. Right, mm-hmm. you don't get any of the benefits in my mind until you have the commitment, and mm-hmm. then the question is, okay, well, so what are the benefits? How do we define that? Yeah, is I think kissing will be a benefit, which is why I think the next time I kiss a girl will be in my wedding day. Yeah, um, I would, I, you shouldn't spoon just in general. That's, just, <laughs> that's terrible. It's just an unwise thing to do. Yeah, um, holding hands I think is more lenient. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. I'm not like too concerned with that. Mm-hmm. I just, this is the question, like, this is the open question I like to pose to people, like, what are the, the, the benefits that you can have and can't have, right? right it's an amazing question. Because I ask people, like, well, you're kissing your boyfriend, but what if I want to kiss you? Yeah. You, there's no reason, there's no There's actual, nothing different between me no, and you. Yeah, you Why just, is he to do that? You just decide in your mind, I'm only going to kiss him. Yeah. I'm only going to cheat the system with him. Right. Right? And it's like, you can't do that. You're just pretending to be married with someone for yeah. fun. And it's like, bro, just get married. Yeah. And My- so, that's the question, right? So, where... What are the boundaries and what are wise boundaries? This is not like, we're not going to show you verses that says you can't kiss anyone before marriage. This is just an open conversation to present our convictions about it. Right. My biggest peeve on all this is this, is that most people before they get married are just pretending to be married without a commitment before they get married, right? The only thing that they're not doing is having sex with each other. Right. And this is, I mean, in Christian circles, right? They're doing everything but going all the way, right? Right. They're acting like that. They've emotionally completely given each other, themselves to each other. Right. right. So that if they broke up, they'd be destroyed. Yeah. Right? Which isn't biblical and isn't healthy whatsoever. Yeah. Like, like a, a relationship counselor will tell you not to do that. Because that's something you're supposed to say for marriage. You're not supposed to just save yourself physically for marriage. You're supposed to save yourself emotionally as well. Right. Of course, you have to get to know someone. Right? And you have so to the, give yourself to them in some amount emotionally. Especially if you're spending a lot of time with someone, you're going to create that mm-hmm. bond, that investment. But you're not supposed to give yourself completely to someone emotionally until you get married to them. Right? Correct. And so that's, you're not supposed yeah. to just pretend like you're married to someone when you're not. Like, if I was walking around kissing, like, my girlfriend and holding her hand the whole time and, like, spooning her and all this kind of stuff in public, like, that's, one, it's kind of inappropriate publicly. It's rude. Yeah, it's no, rude. No, I, like, I, that's like, oh, man, I cannot stand PDA. Yeah, but like, I get so angry. I'm like, I, I don't want to see that, bro. I don't care that much about it, but I'm just pretending to be married to someone, like, testing out before I'm actually married with him. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I don't necessarily think in every situation that's wrong. I think I can talk about it, but I'm, you want to say something, yeah. so I'll let you go. Well, I just don't. I'm just not really sure. Like, I just think, like, I'm definitely, I know in my relationship, the next one, I'm not going to be kissing them. I know, for me, I'm not going to hang out late at night with them alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I just know myself well enough to know the boundaries I have. Mm-hmm. Right? 
And I just think that's a great question to ask because, like, I think the biggest thing is that we have been discipled more by the world than Jesus in the realm of dating in our yeah. Western construct. And that's not okay. Yeah, Because absolutely. the dating world's like, yeah, of course you can, like, kiss them and even make out with them. The Christian, some Christian culture like, yeah, make out, but just don't do anything else. Like, yeah. only make out. And it's like, bro, you're opening Pandora's box. It doesn't, like, mm-hmm. the whole reason, like, like, sex is always the end goal. It's kind of like rolling a snowball down the hill, yeah. right? Like, the idea is and God created that way. God created flirting and, and, and like, um, like... All that stuff all to that end stuff. in sex. Yeah, he, God created sex as this beautiful, harmonious thing that's supposed to glorify him and, mm-hmm. and bring you closer to each other, right? But it all... But it starts small. And it's supposed to... It's intentionally supposed to progress and progress and progress mm-hmm. until the whole shebang. So it's like, you can't just, like, start something and then end halfway through. It's trying to roll a snowball down a hill... And then trying to stop it before it destroys yeah, the yeah. town or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, bro, it's tough. you can't, just just don't do that. Mm. And then it's like, I just think it's super unwise. And I just think, man, like, where have we just listened to the world more than Jesus on this topic? Because I think we need to reform our minds around what Jesus would say about it. Yeah. Because if the Bible does say to treat younger women like sisters and older women like, uh, is that Peter or Timothy? Yeah, it's one of those two. Mm. Uh, I think it's Timothy. And older women like mothers... Then someone, I heard a pastor say, well, what's too far? Like, well, what's too far for your sister or mom? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you get so uncomfortable thinking about that. But then it's like, that's really good conviction. And honestly, gentlemen, it's really honoring to the female if you're going to set up boundaries and say, hey, I'm not going to do this to you. Yeah. Like, I will not kiss you. I will not, like, cuddle you with you here. I will not, like, um, hang out with you this late if it's just us. Like, Mm -hmm. that is putting her, that's putting one, your purity, safety, like away and safe and mm-hmm. it's putting her and showing her like hey I value you so much I'm not gonna try to be a temptation for you yeah you know absolutely and so it's just honoring to all parties it's honoring to her parents and then her parents are gonna be like shoot this boy is super nice and yeah. he's a gentle and then you're gonna win the parents over and then honestly if you really like a, is it, if it's that big of a problem just get married yeah I think the the funniest thing about this whole like topic is every time I tell like a young person about this like, it's my age, especially someone in a relationship, they just laugh at me immediately. I'd be yeah. like, like, I'll say the exact thing you, same thing you said, where, like, wait, why why does he get to kiss you and I don't? They'll just laugh at me. They'll be like, that's dumb. Like, why would you get to kiss me? I'm like, I'm it's like, not dumb. I'm like, it's not dumb. Logically, think about it. What does he have right now that I don't have in, in wise of commitment? Right. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. Like, you've just somehow decided in your little fictional world that he has more commitment to you than I do, which is not true. Like, in all reality... You guys probably won't work out. Like, <laughs> like statistically, like the amount of like relationships you're in before you get married, on average, isn't one, right? Right. Like I average, it'd be awesome if it was one, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it's usually not, especially if you're doing all that kind of stuff. Like it's probably probably not one. Yeah. So I'm saying there's there's a there's a chance there's more than a, a large chance <laughs> that you guys aren't gonna work out. And so yeah. why in the world do, do they get to do that and like no one else? does right why aren't you giving that to anybody and else? it makes no they have no logical answer it's like well you know it's like well i don't want to kiss you then you shouldn't kiss him congrats yeah. you found the answer yep don't do but it but they slap anymore. at you and they tell you you're dumb yeah and they're like well i mean you're wrong but whatever dude yeah so i'll have to say i i wouldn't say 100 percent of the time just because it's my conviction that kissing is wrong during marriage I think during lot- marriage? No, sorry <laughs> i was gonna say bro what it's sorry. never wrong during marriage <laughs> sorry during a relationship I wouldn't say it's always wrong. I would say like, man, like ninety eight percent of the time it is though. It's just like unwise. just like you said, it's rolling a snowball down the hill, right? Because I don't know anybody who can just like kiss someone once and I'd be like, we should do that again. Wow, that, that felt great. Okay, <laughs> that should happen a couple See more you in times. A couple months. 
Like, yeah. no, bro. Like, once you do that, like, oh, let's oh, do that again. Oh, this is how people sin. Yeah, I see why. I see why people sin <laughs> now. There now. This, this is nice. Yeah, you know? it's all funny. Oh man, and it's like not even a thing. Like a lot of people ask, like, because I was in a, I helped out at a youth group, and like a, it was at, or not a youth group, it was like a high school, like Bible study. I'd go to the school, and like the high mm-hmm. schoolers would come and just talk, and they'd be like. Hey, like, how far is too far? Like, can I do th- dr- this? How much mm-hmm. drinking is too much drinking? I'm like, well, right. bro, you're 17. You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be doing it at all. Yeah, and they're like, how far can I go with my girlfriend? I'm like, guys, all these questions about how far can you go? What's sin? What's not? Yeah. It's not, it's just you're saying, how far can I get before I, I'm in trouble with God? Right. And it's like, that's not what God's heart is. It's not about, is it good for you or, or, or is it sin or not? It's like, is it wise? Is it, right. it going to help you run? I think we talked about the last week. It's like, mm-hmm. is it going to help you run? Yeah. Is what you're doing right now going to bring you closer to Jesus or not? Mm-hmm. And if you're dating and you're not married, I don't think kissing is going to bring you closer to Jesus. Yeah. It might not. Bring you guys closer. It's, yeah, it's going to bring you guys closer. <laughs> It'll bring you like, it might not take you incredibly far away. Like one kiss every now and then it might not be like detrimental to your faith. But it's like going close to the slippery slope and asking, yeah. and it's saying it's going close to the cliff edge and saying I'm not gonna fall. Yeah. And it's like, bro, just don't do it. You know, like use wisdom and love God more than you love that girl, and just be wise in in your relationships in every aspect, and, mm. and don't give in to this this temporal desire because that's what it is, right? Like if you have such a desire to kiss someone when you're on a date, you're gonna and you say you don't, you forego it, you don't kiss them, you drop them off, you get in your car, you go home. Mm-hmm. That desire to kiss them is gonna be gone when you wake up. It right. might last, like, two hours. Right. And then, like, say you do kiss them, and then you go down the big rabbit hole, and it's, like, really bad, or, like, the, the snowball rolls, and, like, the big thing happens, and then you wake up full of conviction. Yeah. And then you're in sin. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just not worth it for a few moments of desire you can handle. Right. My, my, uh, my jury is still out on, like, holding hands. I think it would be fine, just for me and, like, my personal convictions, because I don't think it's as much of a physical display that starts that that like snowball rolling as much right for me but I think it's very situational I think when I get in a relationship I'll decide that when that's probably bad and I'm probably just gonna hold my hand like hold her hand right like if we're watching a movie I'll probably like hold hands or walking down a beach I might Mm -hmm. hold a hand yeah but I think like there comes a point of like how long are you hugging and how like what is cuddling to you how close are you sitting together well that's another thing right like Like, is she like wrapped around me when I'm like because I'm thinking like that's not okay like I wouldn't do this to my sister don't do this to me and some people are like well I used to cuddle my brothers I'm like that's weird. Mm, that's you're weird. just you're just a strange person. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> not okay. Which is, I was joking at that point, but it's like I'm not. I don't even want to do that. Like because I know that I I know I don't trust myself. Like yeah. I've seen myself be a Christian and then get entangled with girls like before YWAM and then try to love Jesus mm. and like and try to grab and it just doesn't work. So I'm like I'm not gonna do any of it, bro. I'm yeah, just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna glorify God as much as I can and just be as completely pure as possible. So if we're watching a movie. I'm sitting next to you, holding hands. Okay, cool. You try to scoot over. Uh, you try to like full on cuddle. Okay, well, I'll just get up and I'll just get up, sit in another chair. It's fine. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? They're gonna be upset. Like, wait, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? I have no, co- I have no obligation to cuddle you right now. Yeah. Even if I'm dating you, I have no obligation. Yeah. And see, the the point of this is not we're trying to take away everybody's fun. We're trying to point out like you're not trying to simulate marriage before you get married. Which is what you're doing. Like all these things are created for marriage and to keep couples together, right? To right. keep a, like a relationship thriving. And you're not supposed to be emulating that until you get married. You're not like trying it out to see if like, ooh, I think I like a this person's hand. Maybe I do want to get to know them. Right. That's not why you marry someone, right? You marry for them for who they are, not like 
how great their hand is to hold and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, can you talk about what um, that one counselor that you talked to that like came and spoke in your school and he's really smart said about getting married? Not finding something about like he said, don't find the most attractive person. Oh out there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, I think this will, this yeah, yeah. snippet will help a lot of people. Yeah. So like the number one thing I have on my list, and I have like a top five list of like things I want in my wife, and like that are non-negotiables that I won't, I won't negotiate. Like these things are things that she has to have. Um, they're all like personality traits, but one of them, in this is what um, one of these leading psychologists um, said. He's a pastor that lives in in Sacramento. His name is Mike Phillips. Um, and he said this when I was in a counseling session with him one time. Um, he said, like, beauty and, like, cuteness is always going to fade in someone. But you want to look for someone that you know you could wake up next to every day and want to have a conversation with. Because if you know in your mind that every day I could find this person interesting to talk to, that relationship's going to stay together. Because you're mm-hmm. always going to be able to talk to that person and have intellectual, intriguing conversations with that person. It's not going to be about when your bodies wear down. You can't, like, go hiking together, which was the thing that held your relationship together. You can't, like, do all of these things that um, that are going to wear down and break down, and you might lose interest in. Like, if your interest in, like, is, is Disney movies, and that's why you got together with that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that might fade in one of you. You know what I mean? Like, you might move on to different things when you get older. You might change. But... If you know that you could have an intellectual and good conversation with this person for the rest of your life, then that's going to keep a marriage together. That's going to be interesting. You're going to want to stay with that person because that's who they are. And that's their ability to communicate. And that's like a very, very important thing. It's like the number one thing in my book for like getting a relationship. Yeah. I think it's super valuable. It's like helped me analyze and reanalyze. Like whenever I find myself being attracted to the girl, I'm like, okay, wait, that's fine. It's biological to be attracted. But how are my conversations with... And then I realize if I, if I find myself like them talking and I realize like after a, a couple like half hour hour conversation it's like dying down I don't talk to them I'm like yeah kind of bored I'm like yeah I'm, this is I don't even want to be around you right now like, yeah <laughs> so that's always that's really good I think it's hopefully that's good for you guys and yeah I think I think we're, we're good we're drawing near to the end now yeah is there anything else you want to say about relationships or anything before you get in them pray yeah absolutely Consult God. seek the Lord he's good my my view on relationships is for the moment now, like as I'm in YM, this is what the Lord's put in my heart, is I'm not looking for a relationship at all unless God tells me. So I'm, of course, I'm still a human being and I'm still biologically attracted to people who are beautiful and mm-hmm. people that I find like intriguing and like having conversations with, right? Right. Um, but I'm not pursuing anyone or looking to pursue anyone until God like starts blipping it up on my radar. And as soon as God does that, then I'm going to like pursue that person, right? Yeah. But... Until that point, I'm just not looking for anybody. And I think that's a really healthy place to be, is to surrender, like, your right to be in a relationship to God, because God wants us to surrender all of our rights to Him. Can you say that? I think it sounded confusing. You said, so, you said I know what you said, but it sounded, you said surrender your right to be in a relationship to God, mm-hmm. but it sounded like surrender your relationship to be in a relationship to oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Surrender your right to be in a relationship to God. <laughs> yeah. Right? Don't surrender your relationship to God. To God. Yeah. Surrender the idea. Like, everyone has a right. Like, well, I, d- I, d- I deserve right. this. This is an inalienable right. I deserve to be in a right. relationship. Like, well, you deserve help. Yeah. So, <laughs> recognize that God, everything else is mercy. Yeah. But it's Everything like, you have is a gift from God, and God loves it when you give his gifts back to him. So, everything you have is actually God's. Like, literally everything. Even your physical body. Your, your breath mind, is everything. God's. Yeah. And so when you say, God, I realize none of this is mine. Here, you can have it. You can't lose anything. You right. can't lose your he's money, a good your job. Yeah, you can't lose any of it. So God knows what you want, and he's going to bring you what you need when you need it. 
So all I've done is surrendered my right to be in a relationship to God. And now whenever he wants to give it back to me, he'll bring me the person he wants like me to be with, right? That'll be way better. And I don't have a philosophy where I think like you can only be with one person, um, like and that's just the one person for you. Like in in the idea that like, like there's I'm two halves and maybe one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna that say, was, bro, that was a little confusing. Bro, you polygamy right now. Yeah. Bro. No, I think there is like the one in that whoever you decide to marry is the one. Right? But it's not like if you miss the one, then everything is destroyed. Yeah, that's actually uh, Greek mythology. That's where that came from. Is that there was like the gods cut people in half, and they were two halves of a whole, and that's the whole like idea of Hancock the movie, right? And so I came from Greek mythology. Yeah, we talked oh, about it. Today. Wow. Yeah, and so. Wow. All that is Greek mythology. It's not. It's not from the Bible or anything. There's not like you're not two halves of one whole, and you need to be made like completely with another person. That's not how it is, right? You're finding another person to to live life with and be helper with, right? And right. to fulfill the mission you have here on Earth better together with, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to say about relationships. Yeah. And another last snippet. It'll be like a minute or less. Uh, someone I was talking to who's actually engaged right now. Congrats, bro. You probably don't even know we have. Well, yeah, you don't probably don't know we have a podcast because you don't have Instagram or you don't go on it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, they were t- I was talking to them about it, and they are saying, like, basically the best advice is, like, run your race as hard after God as you can and focus on him, mm-hmm. and then down the road just see who catches up. Yeah. Like, see who's running with you. Yep. You know, who see who's... Because you can, like, really like someone, but know, and you know, you know when this happens, that they're not going to be, like, at the same place spiritually that you want them to be in the time that, like, in the next year. Yeah. Like, you have a vision for your life, like, okay, this time next year I want to be here, yeah. and you know they're not going to be there, and if you're like, well, I'll just sacrifice that so I can be with them, it's like, don't throw it. away your spiritual growth for someone who's not doing the same, because yeah. you, if you, like, put God first and you grow spiritually first, God's going to honor that, and he's going to, absolutely like, bring someone. Like, the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Mm. It's God's will that most people be married. There are people who call us to be celibates, but that's so far and few between. Yeah. You know? Few so, and far between. That, yeah, that Sorry. way. I, however I said it. All right. We got to end this before 30 minutes or else we're a failure. Bro, it's one hour and 37 minutes right now. All right. Let's do it. Let's All get right. to jokes right now. Go. Do you have a joke? I do. Sweet. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. This one's short, but I think it's funny. I also like kind of like not harmful, but like sarcastic humor. So I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> I have a relationship joke because... We're talking about relationships. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Don't break. Guys. 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 Guys or don't, guys and girls are just guys. Don't break anybody's heart. They they only have one. We only have one heart. Don't break their heart. Break their bones. They have 260. <laughs> 206 of those. <laughs> that sounds like a woman's country song. So that's the one that said... Don't break my heart. There was a... No, it was just like a guy's country song. And it said like... Beer, dogs, America, hunting. It's a girl's country song. I killed my ex-husband. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you brought an appropriate joke for the show with relationships. I also did, but towards Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. So my family told me to stop telling Thanksgiving jokes, but I told them I couldn't quit cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us in this conversation about boundaries in Christian relationships with wisdom and, and what the Bible has to say about it and what is dating and how do we do it in this 21st century world we live in. Yeah. Um, We've had a lot of fun. Yeah. If you guys agree, awesome. If you don't, awesome. Let us know. Thanks for sticking with us this first season. We'll be back with season two and we're going to figure out what we can do to give you consumable content that'll still edify you when we're on outreach, but yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And in all of this, 
it's just our opinion. We don't write the Bible or anything like that. Like, you can disagree with us and be fine. You can disagree with us and still love us and we can still be your friends. We can disagree with you and still love you and be your friends. Nothing has to change. Absolutely. If you disagree with anything we've ever said in this first season, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on them. And we'd love to talk and have like a dialogue about them. And if we don't come to a place where we agree, we can respectfully disagree and still be friends. Yeah. It's awesome. So thanks guys. Thanks for being with season one. This is like, we were so excited that we were able to do this and you guys listened and you loved it and, and we, you reached out to us and we've loved it and it's just been such a blessing yeah. for us. Created a community and, around the world. Man, I'm like blown away. Like it's end of an era, but it's not. It's just, it's just a pause. Yeah. So we love you guys. Take care. Have a great holiday season. Yep. And a happy new year because we don't know when you're going to hear from us yep. next. Probably next week, but we're not sure. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We love you guys. All right. See you guys. Adios.